0: and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I will be your host today, like every Wednesday, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Nachum Seagull Network. It's Hanukkah. These are the nights of Hanukkah, the next... Well, last night. And for the next week, people's favorite holiday. Not necessarily mine, but it's up there. It's up there. Hanukkah is a... Fun one for really everyone and anyone involved. And I guess to start off the show, I'd like to wish all of you listening and tuning in a happy, happy, happy Hanukkah. And we've got a good episode for this week. We've got a nice, nice line of music. Two fantastic interviews. and Hopefully ending the show as usual with a segment that has no name with Miriam El um, but usually at this time on Wednesday, I kind of give you my, uh, whether it be my weekly rant, or just something that uh, grinds my gears, or just something, maybe, maybe it's a positive thing. This week, however, I wanted to discuss the shipping industry. You, you see, I have just an issue with the shipping industry, and it, and it's holiday season, so it, it's, it's relevant during this time of the year, and I know things are crazy from like mid-November to Mid January, it's two months of just craziness when it comes to the postal service. But if you remember a few weeks ago, is it already a month ago? I made this big shipment on Amazon, and uh, really, the only thing I ask for on these shipments is just, just, just the package just arrive. You know, I, whatever it is, I, I I have Amazon Prime, so I don't care if it's two days. Though that that part of the rent is going to come at a different time today. I, I will discuss it. But, you know, if it says it's coming in five days, great. Come in five days. I just want it. Five days, if, even if it's a six-day fine, I I just want the package. And preferably on time, you, you, you say it's going to come this day. Just even, you know, I'd rather it come five days later and on time than you tell me two days. And then it come five, three days after that for five days. Just hold up your end of the bargain. You see, I don't understand the shipping industry in that if I want something overnight shipped, I could get it the next day easy peasy if I pay you know 20 bucks or whatever it is why can't why are things that that take two three three two or three days that I sign up for what why are those coming late I don't I just don't get it I put in the purchase at 2 p.m. on a on a Tuesday whoever is getting it at whatever warehouse put it in a box get it on a truck and let's start the process What what does it need to wait a day or two to just put it into the box and then get it to the post and then, you know, either put it on a plane or it really seems so simple in my head where there's someone on the other end of, of wherever I'm purchasing this from. Get the ball moving right away. I don't understand the whole shipping industry where, okay, I understand you want to make money. So overnighting is this amount, but there are planes and trucks seemingly every second flying and driving all over the place. Put my gift, put the thing that I ordered in a box and ship it out. Why do I need to wait five days for something I know if I pay 20 bucks for I could get it the next day? You're proving to me that it's possible. Anyway, one of those things that I ordered, thank God all my Hanukkah gifts made it on time, but this was like, I wonder if I could even check on Amazon. It was early November, I promise you, probably about a month ago. I made a, a purchase of like eight, nine things. So one thing came two days later, one thing came three days later, one thing was supposed to come five days later, and it's still not in my apartment. And I contacted Amazon, they said, you bought it from a third-party seller, you have to contact them. I contact them, they say, hey, we uh, we don't know, you know, we checked United Postal Service, and they say, "Um, they tried shipping it, but you weren't home. Well, first of all, two things I have to say to that. One, every single package I've gotten over the last three years has made it to my apartment. Why that one person and that one item didn't, I, I don't know. So it said they were going to ship it out the next day, and of course they didn't. So so a few days ago, I get on the phone. I say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to win this battle. That's it. I'm done. I will. You tell me to hold for 50 minutes, I will hold. An hour later, I'm on the phone, and I held the whole time. And right away, I get some sass. All right, holiday season, these, these people are just, you know, I'm sure she got off a bad phone call with someone just being annoyed at her. Even though these people on the phone had nothing to do with it, right? They're just trying to help you. And I get that. And I Okay, I get some sass. Fine. Not the end of the world. I say, "Where's my package?" So she says, "The item is is last was seen actually a week ago at your post office, but now they can't find it." I was like, "Well, well, good. That, like, so, so, what do I do?" She's like, "Yeah, they'll contact you when they find it. What they they haven't found it in the last week. They're gonna find it all of a sudden. It's hiding under someone's chair." For so so, I'm thinking, let me just go to the post office and just. Find it, but like I don't want this item. I just want the. It's a sweater. I just want the sweater. I just ask. I purchase something. Get it from point A to point B, like you promised. I, it's it's frustrating, even though it sounds so simple, and this is such a first world problem. Just I put my money into something. I I spend money on something. Just I just I'm not asking for it to come within two hours. You know, I'm not asking you to to go and and give me a hundred ten percent and 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 find a way to get it to me within three seconds. I'm not. I just put it on a truck, send it out, put it in front of my apartment. That's it. It's simple. So I've been frustrated with them lately about that. And then, yeah, like I said, the whole shipping industry, I, I, I don't understand it. You could pay extra money to, to get it within, you know, 24 hours. Excellent. But but why can't I get anything? Why why? There's something I got, like a charger or whatever from one of these, I don't know, places in China. Why is it taking a month to get here? It's already made. It's in stock put it into a box, get it on a plane to China. It takes a week. It takes a week. Fine. A month? So you're just keeping it in your warehouse for 28 days, and you're going to put it on a plane to China. Then it's going to get to New York, and they're going to put it on a truck and deliver it to my apartment. You just, you're gonna, it's going to sit there, I promise you, for four straight weeks because they, cause they're like, eh, it'll take a month. I don't know. I don't know why we as people accept this and don't do anything wrong. So... Maybe I'll start some sort of position. I don't know. It's holiday season. That's that's what had me uh, a little riled up today. So I hope you, uh, I hope you enjoy my little rants, over the positive things I have to say. But that's that for this Wednesday bite size. But like I told you, two good interviews this week. The first one being Joanna Shepson at 9:30 a.m. Eastern. She interviews Michael Burl of the Beit Hillel Theater at Hebrew University. They're talking about their Hanukkah production of Cinderella. It's an English musical. Uh, you'll again 9:30 a.m. for that one, and then at 10 a.m. it is Leora Zamik. She interviews Shira Link and Sheps, the writer and founder of the Layers Project. One of those uh, I've checked them out actually a few times. I think they have some wonderful series on Facebook. You could find them. The Layers Project really just photojournalism blog. They conduct a lot of in-depth interviews with different Jewish women about different challenges, triumphs etc. That comes up at about 10 a.m., so you'll want to stick around for that. Otherwise, it is a lot of Hanukkah music, maybe some regular music, but I'm going to try to fit in. Hanukkah is such great music, I, I, and I you know, I, I tell you, I'm an acapella sucker, so they have a lot of good, you know, the Y Studs, Maccabees, 613, they put out a lot of good stuff, and it's every year they have, like, a new song, so you'll hear a lot of that, uh, some of the old-school Hanukkah songs as well, and then maybe, maybe, maybe some of the usual stuff you hear, but... Here's one song you hear every Wednesday, and you'll hear it this week on Hanukkah as well. Mahapecha To start off this Hanukkah edition of Bite Size right here on the Nahum Seal Network.
1: Shamed that they're not as good as me. Afraid to lose it. It's better than me. Hey, fixing the damages from the past. I don't need that. That's all just nonsense. to lose T'arrive au lilahit t'arrive au voler OK can't Come light the menorah Let's have a party We'll all dance the hora Gather round the table We'll give you a treat Dreidels to play with And lakas to eat. Come light the minota let's have a party, we'll all dance a hoda Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat, treatles to play with, and us to eat. And while we are playing, our candles are burning low. So low. One for each night. They shed us with light to remind us of days long ago. One for each night They shed a sweet light To remind us of days long ago Sof, sof, so Chanukah Round the world, you got you got me spinning. Round the world, you got me you got me spinning. Round the world, got I am just like fire, burning out the way. If I could let like the world up oh, for just a day make me I'm higher i can I'm celebrate no one more- can
2: None and you don't get none. And you push one in if you're landing on a shin. If you wind up with a hay, you get half the total pay. But if you spin yeah. a little gimble then you take, take, take.
1: Yeah! Cause we're Yeah we got the fire, fire, fire. We we don't have to worry about nothing. Cause we got the fire, and we burn it eight nights of something. They, they're gonna see us from outer space Out of space Light it up They are burning bright for the human race Human race When the lights is today Keep hipping like us the, the lights turn Music's on, I'm waking up We stop the fire and we burn it up And it it's over now It out, out, out. We can light it up, up, up. So they can put it out, out, out. We can light it up, up, up. So they can put it out, out, out. When the to turn down, they don't know what they heard. Strike the match, play it loud, give love to the world. We'll be ready in our hands shining up the sky, cause we got the fire, 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 yeah, Yeah, we got the fire, 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 and we gonna let it burn, 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 we gonna let it burn.
0: Bottom of the hour here on Bite Size Hour Number One, and it's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Michael Burl of the Bait Hill Theater. They have a Hanukkah production of Cinderella going on now, so let's kick it over to Joanna with Michael Burl on Bite Size right here on the Nahum Siegel Network.
3: Thank you, Yoni. Today I wanted to give you some um something exciting, an interview related to Hanukkah. And one of the most exciting events going on this Hanukkah is the family Theater um, at Beit Hillel Theater. So we're we're talking with Michael Burl. Hi, Michael.
2: Good morning and almost Chag Sameach.
3: Yes, tonight we start we light the first candle and everyone waits for Hanukkah to find out what show the Beit Hillel Theater is going to be putting on. Tell us a little bit about what the Beit Hillel Theater is.
2: The Beit Hillel Theater was founded 32 years ago, primarily first as a way to attract American students who are various gap programs to the Hillel activities here in Jerusalem. But since then, it has evolved to a much more meaningful situation where Israeli students and American students work together on a joint project and do a community event every Hanukkah now for 32 years.
3: Fantastic. And what's your role in the theater?
2: I'm the director of the theater. I've been the founding director since day one, 32 years ago.
3: And what are some of the shows you've put on in the past?
2: Oh, my. Let's see. We've done Fiddler on the Roof, Joseph and the Amazing Technicoid, Dream Coast, We've done Phantom of the Opera. We've done Les Mis, West Side Story. Um, we've done The Diary of Anne Frank, Guys and Dolls. We've done a Tenor, Chorus Line, Oliver, Being the Beast, Blood Brothers, My Fair Lady, Aida, Hello Dolly, is The Sound of Music. And now we are doing the very first ever in Israel presentation of Cinderella.
3: So exciting. The truth is, as, a, as an expat, it's great for me to be able to take my kids to a show that I would have seen, you know, shows that I'm used to from growing up, and that they don't really have access to here, because your shows and your plays are all in English, right?
2: But the plays are all in Israel, in English, excuse me, and this particular Cinderella version is really great for adults, because it's been taken from the adapted version on 2013 in Broadway, and adults will enjoy it, not less than kids, for sure.
3: Fantastic. Can you give us a little bit of a, a secret? Of, tell us a little bit of the you know the secret changes you've made to
2: the script. Well, we we haven't made any changes to the script at all. We looked at a number of Cinderella editions,
0: and we decided
2: on taking the most recent, which was the Rodgers and Hammerstein version that uh, was on Broadway in 2013. And we liked it because it used all kinds of modern language and really kind of up-to-date jokes built into this set. And it also introduces plot lines that were never there in the original Disney cartoons. So parents are going to look at this and go, this is about Cinderella. And remarkably, there is a shoe, and there is a prince, and there's a Cinderella, but there's a lot of other stuff going on there.
3: Fantastic. And tonight is actually your opening night, so do you feel ready?
2: We are opening at uh, 7 o'clock tonight. Our cast will be here, hopefully energized at 5 p.m. for makeup.
3: Fantastic. So for everyone who's listening, um, if you're going to be in Israel for, in Jerusalem for Hanukkah, or you have family and friends here, the show takes place on the Mount Scopus campus at Hebrew University at the Beit Hillel Theater, and it's going to be playing from tonight, December 12th, um, until wednesday the 20th uh, different days there are different times some of them are matinees um, a bunch of the matinees have already been sold out which is really exciting and to buy tickets if you come on to fun on the home page there's a nice beautiful ad for cinderella which links you to the ticket page so michael before we end this interview can you tell us a little bit about the actors in the show are they students are they locals what ages
2: They are partially students. They are all locals, namely not just Jerusalem, but Beit Shemes, Modiyin, Chashmonaim. They come as far as uh, Tel Aviv and Petach Tikva. They range in age. Most of them are in their mid and late 20s. A couple of them are older than that. We actually have one 50 and one 60-year-old, and we actually snuck in one young lady who's only 15 years old but looks like she's 18 years old. Um, some of them are thoroughbred Israelis in the sense that they have a bit of a problem speaking English. Some of them are Israelis who are the parent, who are children of parents who made aliyah several years ago, so they're English is perfectly American. And so the best thing about the entire group is the fact that there they are a huge variety of backgrounds here, everything from uh, college students to not college students to kids who are religious to kids who aren't religious. It's a, it's a great bonding experience.
3: I think also it's really important to mention I see you know all the people who are ordering tickets and requesting information. It's a really popular activity for grandparents to take their grandchildren. This is what they want to do for Hanukkah, and I love that.
2: I'm taking my granddaughter.
3: Fantastic. So I look forward to seeing you at the theater later tonight. And for anyone else who is listening who wants to buy tickets, again, you can email Beit Hillel, B-E-I-T-H-I-L-L-E-L, at com. And one last thing before we go, Michael, I actually originally met you many, many years ago in Camp Morasha. And uh, Yoni, you know that Nachum has a a big, has a legacy at Camp Morasha. Yeah, stretch, stretch, I remember. Stretch, yeah. So what was your position in Morasha back then?
2: Back then, I was a music and drama director. Actually, I called it fine arts. There, I was in Morasha for 12 years.
3: Fantastic! So was I. 12 years. Wow! And it was a long time ago. But it's great to have you here in Jerusalem, and you've added so much to the uh, the culture cultural scene here in Jerusalem. Thank Thanks you for talking you. to us. And chag sameach.
2: Chag urim sameach to you and everybody listening.
3: Great. Back to you, Yoni.
0: Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Michael. Again, Michael Burrell of the Beit Hillel Theater. At Hebrew University, they're just discussing the Hanukkah production of Cinderella, one of those English musicals going on there. Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. Check out funinjerusalem.com for all the information you need. You know, it's Hanukkah, so if you're in Israel now and you're listening to this and you're looking for something fun to do over the next eight days, Joanna's clued in. Contact her. Go to funinjerusalem.com, Joanna at funinjerusalem.com, and check out that website for all the cool different things you could do over Hanukkah and over your winter break. In Israel. Coming up at 10 a.m., it is Leora Zamik with Shira Lankin Chefs of the Layers Project. But for now, more Hanukkah music on Bite Size right here on the Nahum Siegel Network.
1: Hanukkah light burns so bright, lifts my soul, raises my sights. Hanukkah light feels so right, eight small flames shining A-o, spin the dread on Nice cat, all high ashamed. Nice cat, all high ashamed. It's sad. But who fought back at yeah, the back of beast? Life over darkness hope beat the heartless. God gave us miracles like you ain't never seen. Happy that we made it, so we gonna celebrate it and you're gonna hear about it from 613. I can Those like is, Those like is. Yum Shalom Just living in a miracle, cannons on my vehicle. Eight nights, gonna shine invincible, no longer be the visible. Born through the struggle, keep on moving through all this hustle. Head up, head down, through all of the bustle. New York City, wanna flex your muscle. Look so down, look so puzzled. Harder round your fire through all the rubble. Bound to stumble and fall, but my strength comes up, mad at all. Bound to stumble and fall, but my strength comes up. drive on till tomorrow wipe away your tears and your sorrow sunrise in the sky like an arrow no need to worry no need to cry light up your mind no longer be blind him who searches will find leave your problems behind you will shine like a fire in the sky what's the reason we're alive the reason we're alive I stumble and fall but my strength comes not from man at all bound to stumble and fall but my strength comes not from man at all These rides keep me right And bless me to the highest heights With your miracle It's a number of infinities, One more than what you know how to be And this is a light of festivity When your broken heart yearns to be free Do you believe in miracles? I'm You're listening, need to get this off my chest so forgive me please I admit that I did some things I wasn't proud of now I'm living life differently, and when I'm down it's like you're kicking me And if I'm down and you love me shouldn't it be like you're kissing me I'm at the point where I might break now I can't take it no more, and I might break down Yo, face down in my palms and I'm gone Buried in songs, writing songs, songs. Everybody needs something more. everybody cares better. Everybody needs somebody My truth you should see Everybody needs somebody Everybody's worth what runs deep Everybody needs somebody My truth you see Yo, hold me I just wanna be holy Express the whole me And let the whole world see You were always there With us on a journey and home is where the heart is. Hold me, cause I just wanna be holy, holy. Eight nights I stay up, staring at those candles. They tell the story that occurred. Eight nights we're thankful for that small miracle. Our prayers are answered and our voices heard. When one night turns day that's why we celebrate. In the dark of night, the candles stand for oh, the candles stand for the candles stand for, candle stand for, candle stand for eight nights that we know. Cause it's finally. We're not Flame alone tonight it's gonna go. Got everything we need. Good friends and family here to try our lot go recipe. Best served with applesauce. You see, we've got food,
0: the lot go recipe. The start of our number two here on Bite Size and Akham Seal Network, and it's time for Liora Zomics interview with Shira Lankin-Sheps, the founder of the Layers Project. You'll want to check that out on Facebook, but wait to do so after this interview from Liara with Shira right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network.
4: Hi everyone, my name is Leo Razamik, a familiar voice to some of the listeners here on the network, and today I am pleased to be sitting with Shira Lincoln-Sheps. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I figured I'd ask you who you were before I (laughs) went to read this whole long thing. Um, You live in Fairlawn, New Jersey with your family, but that's not what we're talking about today. Could you imagine if we did a whole interview on you living in Fairlawn, New Jersey? Um, You are a writer, a photojournalist, social worker, and the founder of The Light. Layers Project, which is what we're talking about today. The Layers Project is a photojournalism blog that conducts interviews with a variety of Jewish women. They discuss their challenges and triumphs while providing a space that creates healing through connections. The Layers Project strives to break down stigmas in the Jewish communities by talking about issues and provides a fresh perspective on women's lives through the lens of authenticity. The Layers Project was born out of a need to return the images of Orthodox Jewish women to media, and they continue to expand the project to include more opportunities for representation. It's a mouthful, but it's important. (laughs) Every single sentence there. Um, Okay. What really is it? What are we talking about here? Um, Just summarize in, you know, I mean, that was a summary, but I'm saying the point is, what exactly do people see when they look at the Layers Project?
5: So the Layers Project is a photojournalism blog. Um, I take beautiful photos of amazing, amazing women who then tell us their stories in parts. So our series tend to have five parts, six parts, seven parts, but basically the way that it works is when you go to your Facebook page, um, you will see um, the story kind of told in pieces. And each piece correlates to a different picture that somehow correlates to what this woman is telling us. Um, And really what happens is it's just a really effective method of storytelling um, that really gives a snapshot of a moment of an emotion. And basically it makes you feel um, in a way that a lot of social media doesn't really usually attain in in an authentic way, in an honest way. And that's what we aim to do.
4: And how did this start? Because this is not something that you necessarily see all the time as a blog, especially in the Jewish community, as we
5: said, you're, you know, one of the few. So how did you start this? So um, I was sick for a while um, and I started writing around, I think it was almost two years ago on Hanukkah. I wrote a blog post for the first time, um, kind of telling my friends and family that I had been ill with like a chronic illness. Um, I had kept it to myself I was very secretive about it I was very ashamed about it and um, I wrote this post and kind of put it out there and I got like an immediate outpouring of um, support and connection and through that it was very healing for me Um, when I got better I started a photography business it was a skill or talent that I was practicing while I was sick and um i kind of just i loved taking pictures i loved capturing memories i loved capturing moments um and so i started this photography business um and a few months in i started feeling like i wanted to do more there was something else that i felt like i could be doing um and then i decided basically to take this new skill set of mine and to kind of fuse all the things that i knew how to do you know i was i have social work background clinically trained um and i love to write and i obviously love to take pictures and i basically decided to fuse those things together what
4: could you do with all those things (laughs) right
5: and um basically give back to the community what i received which was basically um healing through connection
4: and how did you come up with the name the layers project because i just feel like I mean I have a baking business and to come up with a name for that and then I ended up switching the name cuz everyone's like no that name doesn't work how did you name cuz it's a it's a great name that's really Thank like you. it it says what it is
5: there was something about the word layers that was very evocative to me um people have layers um it 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 signifies to me depth it signifies to me Um, coverage, um, also modesty, but also that there's just something more than what you see on the surface. I also think that layers is actually like a buzzword for for Orthodox women specifically, because in terms of like dressing and modesty, like we wear a lot of layers. And I think as humans, we wear a lot of layers and there's a lot more to us than meets the eye. Now you
4: mentioned um, the uniqueness of layers in Orthodox Jewish women. And one of the things that, um, in the description of what it is, you, you said that you're bringing Orthodox Jewish women back to the media, but there is a sneeze aspect to our lives and there is a modesty that we have to uphold. So how do you make that balance? How did you decide, um, what the best way to really represent women in the media?
5: Here's the thing. I don't find there to be any inherent immodesty in seeing women in media. Um, I think that we have done a tremendous disservice to our community members, to our sons and our daughters uh, by removing women from media in orthodox spaces. Just because you're looking at a woman, and she might be fully covered. There's nothing immodest about her, not her name, not anything that she represents. And I feel like making it seem like there is, is uh, overly sexualizing women in a really unhealthy way for our sons. And also you're teaching your daughters that we're objects, that we're, we we're inherently are objects. And that is disgusting. And I am so against it. And I basically dedicated this project to putting Orthodox women and also all Jewish women back in these spaces where they belong. Right.
4: And you do that in a way that it presents them in... A respectful way.
5: Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between taking a picture that is suggestive and then just a picture that's emotive. Right.
4: Your pictures are, like, you, you're right. They do speak to what the story is, what story is being told. Um, can you give us some of the examples of stories that for people who are now going to go look at your page if they haven't heard of it, um, just highlight a couple. I know you've done some series as well. You've mm-hmm. done a few people with similar stories. So what's something that you can share with
5: us? Um, I really, I really love doing these series because I feel like um, I do series of three usually. And what that does is it usually gives the opportunity for the reader to experience um, the topic at hand, Um, kind of in a really fleshed out full way, uh, we tackled originally the, a body, a body image series and we interviewed, um, Tamima Zucker, who I'm sure many of you know her. She's an amazing eating disorder activist and, um, she's very passionate about eating disorder recovery and she had amazing things to say. Um, we interviewed, um, Abby Sophia from Abby Sophia Photography, uh, for the infertility series and, um. She really gave us this amazing insight into um into what it's like to experience infertility and to go through i v f and to which is um, such a taboo
4: topic. People just don't talk about it
5: it's coming around um, people are becoming more open about it it's opening more doors, but a lot of shame is involved and um Basically, I just think I feel really passionately about taking these topics that there's so much shame and pain and um, secrecy and kind of opening them up and, and showing people, well, hey, look, this is actually something that a lot of people, you know, go through. Uh, one out of every eight Jewish couples is experiencing infertility. That is a tremendous number. Right. That's a crazy number that to the to the point that we're, we're you know, we hush things up and we don't talk about it out loud and everything is taboo and... Um, there's so much work to be done, uh, about sensitivity, um, specifically in infertility, but in lots of, lots of different topics. I mean, we tackled, uh, special needs families in a special needs family series. And, uh, we heard from Bossy Taubis, who is this unbelievable woman. Um, she's a business owner, unbelievable mother. And, um, she told us so much about what it was like for her to be raising a special needs child, um, and, uh, kind of the sensitivity the the complications the the community aspects that you know might have been overlooked otherwise now what was a story
4: obviously they all have some sort of meaning to you but what was one topic that when when you thought of it or when people were suggested you it just had more you know you really enjoyed doing the story um not to say you didn't enjoy doing all of them of course <laughs> i
5: was going to say i enjoyed doing all of them um there was a family out in Springfield her name was Brooke and she told us this unbelievable story about her daughter Baya who um who was born with very severe you know special needs and she lost her daughter when she was 2 years old and she took us on this unbelievable journey um through her grief and I remember this one Yeah and and um When she reached out to me and said, I want to tell this story, I knew immediately that I had to tell this story because, um, she's an unbelievable person and her husband, Arie is also unbelievable. And together they just, they taught me and I think a, a lot of other thousands of people that read that series, um, about how to grieve, but also how to love and how to continue living through love. And that was just a lesson that I'll never forget.
4: Now you mentioned thousands of people reading these stories how wide has this project gone and did it is this what you thought how quickly did it spread because i thought i saw it pretty quickly but then anybody i mentioned to it already heard about it
5: yeah um you know it's it's unbelievable uh initially we started out very small and i was kind of writing these like long form uh, like article type stories um and you know it had some readership it got a few hundred here and a few hundred there um and then uh after a conversation with a friend talking about how to kind of like you know adjust the stories for social media and how we consume social media today it was suggested to me to chop up the stories into parts um so that you could take kind of take a bite out of the story and then you sit with it Rather than reading an entire (laughs) Exactly. So you could sit for 15 minutes and read a long article and a lot of people like to consume media that way. But a lot of people don't have time for that and so uh, doing it this way made it way more accessible. And all of a sudden, you were creating this dynamic where you were creating this engaging story um, and doing it in these short little pieces that people could sit with, think about, and then come back for. And all of a sudden, the engagement rate got so much higher because people just kept coming back for the, the end of the story.
4: And you do post the whole story at the end. I do. You can access it. Yes, you can it. access it. If, if
5: you prefer to consume your media that way, you can right. still access the full article um, at the end.
4: I also find it makes it a little bit more relatable because, I mean, I could say, as I am single, when you were doing the single series, mm. when you see that one, like one thing the person's going through and then they're going through something else and then they're going through right. something else, if you read the whole thing... You could say, well, I'm not going through all those things. But if you read it one at a time, you're like, oh, okay. I can see, you know, that somehow in my life. Right. So I, I felt it made it,
5: for me, a little bit more relatable. Yeah, it's definitely, it's more digestible and it gives you the space to really think sit with it like think about what that person has said think about that person's pain or 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 their triumph or what they're sharing and um the beautiful thing about this project is you don't have to be experiencing infertility or special needs or whatever topic that we're we're dealing with at hand to relate to it to gain from it and to learn from it because anytime somebody shares their pain if you're empathic and you're practicing compassion it somehow reflects on your own life and uh, you can make meaning of your own life by listening to how other people have made meaning of theirs what's
4: also interesting that the way you do the series when you have three different people if there was one person let's say who's going through something you could say oh well that person lives nowhere near me i don't know them at all when you show three people it shows this is something that's happening yeah
5: there's a breadth to the issue that you don't get when it's just one person right
4: Um, What does this accomplishment mean to you? You started this because of something that you were feeling as well for yourself. So what does it mean that people are not only wanting to be interviewed, but they're contacting you? I want to tell my story.
5: Yeah, I actually, I don't reach out to anybody to tell their stories. I think it's a really, it's a really hard thing to do. Not everybody can be profiled on the Layers Project because it's very, um, it's very public. Um, it gets seen by a lot of people and um, it's obviously very personal in nature. Um, it needs to be personal because that's kind of where you get to the truth of the matter. Um, and so um, in terms of, for me, you know, the project was born out of place of pain um, and, and then subsequent healing um, to be able to have meaning out of my pain um, is tremendous. And, um, it's a it's it's a you know, I'm a little speechless You're about speaking, it. I am yeah. a little speechless about it, but which means it means a lot to you. It means the world to me. It also is a very strange it's a very strange thing because sometimes you think you know where your life is going and then your life just takes you in a certain direction and either you can use it to push you forward, or you could use it to send you back. Um, and I chose to go forward. And so to be doing something with my life that synthesizes all the things that I'm good at, and all the things that I love, and also to make meaning for myself and other people and to break stigma and create awareness. And it's just it's, um, it's very special.
4: I'm here sitting with Shira Lincoln Sheps, the uh, founder of the Layers Project. There's probably so many different adjectives we could have used there, but <laughs> we're going to stick with founder of the Layers Project. And you mentioned that it was founded because of something that you were going through yourself. And um, a little while ago, maybe it was a few months ago at this point, you posted a video called Redeemed by Zion," which was, well, I'm going to let you discuss it and you talk about it the way you want to talk
5: about it. <laughs> I always it. joke that... I call it the, the video where I have a cute kid and then I cry a little bit at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did watch it, so I can see what you're saying here. Yeah. Um, basically, um, all the time that I I was sick, I was sick for around five years. Um, and it became pretty severe at the end. I I almost couldn't leave the house at a certain point. Um, and thank God I got better. But um, during that time period, I really... I just always thought about going back to that space of of Israel and the hotel and what it would mean to me and kind of what a redemptive moment that would be and it w- it became like a like a fantasy almost like an obsessive fantasy like that moment for me would be redemptive and I um, I held on to that for a long time and um, thank God as obviously by me sitting here uh, you know right. I was able to have a pretty full recovery Baruch Hashem and. Um, I went on my first trip in 11 years with my husband and my two kids to Israel. My parents actually just made aliyah this summer, and my sister made aliyah. My brother Uh -uh. lives in Israel. And so, everyone was there. Yeah, so we were going to visit family. We were going to be there for five weeks during the hagim. And I just kind of had this idea to um, memorialize this transition from um, dream, daydream, to memory you know, transitioning from something that I wanted to something that I that I could do. Um, And I think that it was really relatable to a lot of people because you don't have to be, you know, have been sick to, you know, be far away from the space of Yerushalayim and the Kotel and want to go back there so badly. I feel like a lot of people really could relate to that. Um, And so this video, um, I took my young daughter who's almost eight years old and she had never been there she had never been there. Um, and I took her to, um, we walked through the old city and I took her to the hotel and she got to walk up to the wall to the first time and touch it and kiss it. And we prayed together and it was a very emotional experience for me. Um, and, and the feedback that I got was, it was for a lot of people, especially, I think also the people that knew me well and, you right. know, we just really happy for me to see this kind of, um, sweet and um, fulfilling of a moment of a dream
4: right what was nice was that we were able to sort of we didn't really get to know you through the layers project because it wasn't about you it was about telling other stories and finally we were able to see I mean as a follower I can say mm-hmm. we were able to see yeah. behind the, the scenes a little bit of what made this a reality Yeah. Um, what um, can you tell people do you have any advice for somebody um, who has this story, this life that they're living, whether the story is over or it's still going on now. Cause a lot of cases, you know, these stories are continuing and, and it's mm-hmm. their life that they're living. Um, as we mentioned for some, a parent of a child with special needs, that life is not over. So what can you tell somebody who is in that situation now?
5: Um, the primary thing that I would tell them is to let go of shame. You know, I feel like people very often in our in our orthodox communities specifically but also in the broader jewish communities are marginalized when they're different um and by different i mean you don't have the correct amount of kids or the correct house or the correct car or the correct school or the complication that life um you know life brings complications and Um, we're kind of taught that we really shouldn't be different, that we should be just like everybody else. And that's kind of a value that's considered good. Um, But that's not reality. Like everybody is different. Everybody's got something like Ask around to your friends and you'll find out. Like, if you get to the honest truth of the matter, you'd have no idea what people are going through. Like, when, the I, layers. when I started, when I started the layers project within the first few months of it, like, anywhere that I went, I went to the supermarket, I went to the pool, I went to, I went to the mikveh and people were telling me about their life stories and their pain and their complications. So, my advice is to relinquish the shame and, um, try to make connections because human connection is what causes healing Um, allow people to support you um, because they can they're capable of it and they want to Um, educate your friends and family about what you're going through Um, and I think that they they can be there I mean they were there for me and I've seen so many times over and over and over again I think we've we've done almost 20 profiles in Layers Project and every time the community has risen to support these unbelievable women who are brave enough to stand up and say, this is my truth. This is my life. This is what's happening to me. Um, And they are every single time embraced by their individual communities and communities from all over. Um, And I think that that's very powerful. Maybe it's a new dynamic, um, but don't be ashamed of being different.
4: Is there any story that um you kind of want to tell is there anything you've seen or heard about um that you would like to tackle any topic that a new um, topic you mean right yeah something that you haven't come across yet or if you did come across it but didn't necessarily highlight it
5: um through your blog is there something that you want to rip the layers in the next few months we're definitely going to begin to tackle mental health in a big way um Uh, specifically, I think we're going to begin with postpartum depression. I think that it's something that's so taboo, so quiet. I mean, as loud as the noise gets about infertility, that makes postpartum depression even more quiet. And I I have a colleague who told me recently that she feels this dynamic is specific because um, we are so you know, trying to focus on the women who, who are not able to have children that when we do have children, we feel ashamed about the negative feelings that we feel, um, you know, caused by our hormones or, or circumstantial or whatever it is. And it's so unfair. Um, and I think that it's complicated and it's messy and it's quiet for now. And I kind of want to bring it out there into the open and just talk about it and, you know, let people know that it's okay to get help.
4: So that, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I, I so. look forward to reading about that. Thank you. Um, how can people find you to share their stories if they do have stories? Because you said you don't ask people. People come to you. How can mm-hmm. they come to you?
5: Um, so we've got uh, set up on the website, uh, which is for now the Layers Project on online. Um, we've got a form set up that you can send it information and you can uh, pitch us you know kind of your story and talk to us and reach out or the other option is you can uh, message us directly on the facebook page
4: and you do answer quickly i, I do. know that that's how this happens
5: <laughs> i do yes i have an excellent rating on facebook i have an excellent message rating it's <laughs> pretty
6: good
4: um what are your plans for the future i know you have some pretty exciting plans oh yeah we do want to talk about What do you see for the Layers Project moving forward?
5: So we are entering a very complicated time right now. Uh, Facebook has been the primary – I mean, we have a website, but the purpose of the website is mainly to archive. Um, Facebook is going through, as many people know, an algorithm shift. They're trying to combat things like fake news Um, And so what they're doing is they're going to be removing groups and business pages from your news feeds. And so um, from now on, within the next 60 to 90 days, it's going to be much harder to find your groups and your news um, that you really love. And that includes the Layers Project. So um, the goal was to... um, find kind of like a new venue a new home and kind of a new way to disseminate this amazing content that's being put out there uh, by people these clearly still want to see it yeah for sure um, even though Facebook has been limiting the people who can see, if you haven't been, if you, if you're following and you haven't been able to see it lately, it's because Facebook won't let you because it's doing this to all the business pages. It's making it very, very hard to, uh, do the work that we're doing. So basically, and, and if you had asked me, you know, six months ago, um, what do you see for the Layers Project? What do you see? I'd be like, oh man, one day I really would love to make a magazine. And, um, <laughs> I think big and I jump in with two feet and this was the time. And so, God willing, on Hanukkah, we're going to be launching the online uh Layers Project Magazine where you'll be able to access uh, the profiles just the way that you're used to them but also brand new content from tons of writers unbelievable writers on lots of different topics uh like you know personal essays that we you know from the guest posts that we know and love on the layers project but also fashion and food and arts and culture and music but everything with a layers project's twist you know focusing on personal narrative authenticity making meaning um and uh so it's really
4: expanding it
5: oh, yeah, we're going big. We're going bigger, going home. Right. Uh, we've got, like, a whole big team of, like, 15 people that we've put together, editors and writers and wow. content contributors. Um, and so it's not going to be just me anymore. Now we've got a whole team. Um, and so I'm really, really excited about this, and I think that people will too because I don't think that there is a space like this um, online or even in print um, where we tackle such like honest authentic things and focus like even even um in other jewish women's magazines you're not going to get very real often stuff. real stuff or even pictures of women you're not right. going to you're not going to see it if you pick up a mishpacha or a bina you're not going to see pictures of women and so um that's obviously unacceptable to me um I stopped reading those magazines because I was like, well, if my, if my daughter asks me, hey, Ema, why are there no pictures of women in this magazine? What am I supposed to tell her? Right. What message does that send? And so, so you, made,
4: you made your answer. So I made my own. Well, I definitely, even though I followed you, you know, from the beginning, learned a lot through this because I got to sit down with you and really hear the backstory to it. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, thank you very much. My pleasure. And, thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Liara, and thank you, Shira Lankin-Sheps, the founder of The Layers Project, a photojournalism blog that conducts in-depth interviews with Jewish women discussing their challenges, triumphs, etc. You can check that out on Facebook, The Layers Project. They really, and, I, and I've and uh, i liked their page for already several months by now. They do some great stuff. and uh, I definitely encourage all of y'all to go ahead and check it out again, The Layers Project on Facebook. We wrap things up here on Bite Size with plenty more Hanukkah music, but also the segment that has no name coming up with Miriam Oluwolek towards the end of the show. And then Avrami's live lunch from 11 to 1. But for now, more Hanukkah music on Bite Size right here on the Nahum Seal Network. I see a
1: light reflection, refraction isn't nothing more than a chemical reaction It flickers and grows, nobody knows how much we feel, how quickly it goes Turn off the dark and vanquish the night Show the whole world for eight days of twilight Then and now, they fought and we fight Fight for the right to live by our own light Let me see the light Give me something to live by Let me see the light I need something to live by. Help me see myself in my reflection. Let me shed the light in each direction. I wanna see the light. The speed of sound fast enough to go around the world. That we live in so much cold and strife. Wanted a light to warm another life. Through the darkest night with the brightest light. Cause it's time for you to shine. A little dedication, a small illumination, just one person to change a whole nation. me see the light. Give me something to do She shed the light in each direction. You know we're all about that ace, about that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, about that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, about that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, about that ace, snake nace, nace. Yeah, it's pretty clear. The Mac and Bees were few, they wouldn't take it, take it. Being told what to do. Freedom that we today embrace, and all the rights of pray in all the right places. The ancient magazines they put the Greeks on top oppressed the Jewish state, they had to be stopped. But Maccabees had faith they wouldn't give it up. Our holiday is so much more than spinning plastic tops. Yeah, my mama, she told me it's not about the food you fry. But if that's all you do, then your holiday's just begun. Because you know we're all about that ace, spell that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, spell that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, spell that ace, no oil. We're all about that ace, about that ace. Hey, we took the temple back. One day of oil burned much more than that And now we celebrate by eating fat But we're here to tell you that our holiday is so much more than spinning plastic tops Yeah, my puppy, she told me it's not about the food to fry A family freedom, we celebrate for a night Just be Because you know We're all about that nays About that nays No oil We're all about that nays About that nays No oil We're all about that nays About that nays No oil We're all about that nays About that nays You know we're all about that nays About that Can't find the fighter, but I see it in you. So we're gonna walk it out, move We're gonna walk it out. Ooh, going to be a
7: eyes began to pray. Those cause had no luck, our mouth been down and stuck, but Bobby made her sweet them anyway. And that was Uncle Jaime's big mistake Our parents stood there beaming as they called us And handed us the presents one by one
0: time to wrap up a two-hour episode of Bite Size here on the Nachum Segal Network. Unfortunately, uh, the segment that has no name will not take place today. But uh, we hope to, that next week around this time we should be doing it the last day of Hanukkah. Hopefully, Miriam al will be able to join me as we discuss uh, everything and anything related to Hanukkah then. But uh, for this week, it is not the case. Instead, we'll just wrap things up here. Coming up right after Bite Size is of Rami Finkelstein's live launch, You can expect uh, plenty, plenty of Hanukkah music, I assume. I haven't uh, asked him, but I think it's fair to assume that we'll get a fair taste of Hanukkah music. Maybe a bit different than mine, as we have some different tastes, but that's good for, you don't need to hear the exact same music for four straight hours. Instead, a little shift in gears for the first two hours than the last two hours. But that does it for us here on Bite Size. Thank you all for tuning in. A reminder, just go ahead and download the NSN of the Nachum Segal Network Act specifically, just because... Uh, some people have that jam in the AM app or a uh, uh, an app that leads to our um, app, and and really you should be using the Nahum Segal Network app specifically and only that one. So go ahead and download it on the Google Play Store or your app store on your iPhone. Otherwise, uh, send me an email, yoni at nachumsegal.com, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, probably no concerns, but just questions or comments regarding the Nahum Segal Network or this show specifically, yoni at NahumSiegel.com. That does it for us here. My name is Yoni Pollock, wishing you all a good day, a happy Hanukkah and a reminder that the bite size is always, always, always the right size.